welcome to the Vineyard Cincinnati podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast. Everybody take a sec and just think about your life story. Think about what it was like growing up, elementary school, middle school, high school. Over to some some of the, the common themes in your life. Who are some of the important characters? What were some of the lies that you had to keep over and over again wrestling with? Conversely, what's, what's those truths you had to continually remind yourself of? Looking back in my story, I was, I was fortunate enough to have two strong parents, man, and still have two strong, loving parents to this day. Shout out mom and dad. Um, my mom and dad, they met when they were in middle school in Detroit. And uh, man, they, it was so funny listening to their stories, talking about how my dad would take my mom's books and walk them home all cute and everything. And, and you know, they'd have stories like, I'm going to have four boys. And my mom's like, huh, I'm going to have all girls. Well, they got married and had four boys. Go figure But all all that to say, they had a lot in common then. One of the main commonalities they had is their desire to change their family stories. Both families were riddled with divorce, separation. Both families riddled with uh, alcohol, drugs, uh, violence, anger. And they wanted to change that story. So they made a plan to get married and get out of Dodge. And I remember them telling me this story. And eventually, when I got a little older, um, my mom was showing me pictures of their wedding, their marriage day. And I, I remember saying to myself, wait a minute, mom, you're pregnant. What's up with that? Like, who, who's that? My mom looked at me and said, Clayton Jr., that's you. From that moment, I remember saying to myself, man, I wasn't planned. And it was in that that the enemy perpetuated a lie. You're a whoopsie. You're a mistake. That lie kept playing, replay in my mind. You know, occasionally it would ebb and flow, but it would replay. And it led me to eventually work to belong. I was on the hamster wheel, y'all, for approval of man. I was on a hamster wheel for, hey, man, do do these guys like me? Do, Do they like me? And I need to work to earn a seat at the table. I want to belong. It all perpetuated from that lie. 
No, there wasn't no lack of, of love in my home. My mom and my dad, they loved me. They did everything well. They did everything right. It was just that lie that kept coming and coming and coming at me and tried to distort my story. So again, what's your story? What's the lie that has been trying, that's been trying to distort your story? That lie you've been wrestling with. I worked for, um, I worked with at-risk youth um, back in the day. And I remember hearing time and time again these stories of the young people. They, you know, when they came to me, when they came to, you know, the camp that I worked at, it was pretty much their last stop before jail. So they would come and, you know, and, and I would, you know, hear their story. And, and most of the time, most if not all, had the same thing going on. They had, like, lack of strong parental support. And in those stories, most of them, it was crazy. Most of it, it was because of abscond fathers. Fatherlessness, y'all. It was that time where I saw firsthand the devastation of fatherlessness. Firsthand, the devastation, y'all. Fatherlessness formed a large part of their story. It was no question. I witnessed the communities get destroyed because of fatherlessness. I witnessed these young people racing to ruin because of fatherlessness. And I'm like, man, I had enough of it. And I'm like, man, year after year, these stories. And I'm like, hey, listen to me. Fatherlessness does not have to be your end of story. Fatherlessness does not have to be your end of story. Those things do not need to define you. You can put a comma where you thought there was supposed to be a period. So I'm asking, what's your story? Where do we need to put a comma where we thought was a period? Because I believe that God is not finished writing stories. Everyone here has a story. Even you online, you have a story. Even you watching wherever you are, whenever you are, you have a story. God is not done writing your story. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you for coming. My name is Clay, like the potter. I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and we are kicking off a new series entitled His Story, where we are going on a journey, y'all. We're going on a journey of the story, his story, the story, right, of the Lord. And, and you know, if you think about it, we all love a good story, right? It draws people in. Right? Think about your favorite book, your favorite show. Someone, you know, shout out to me, your favorite movie. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. All right. Some of y'all are quiet because y'all are ashamed of your favorite movie. Okay, but we're, gonna, we're not going to go there. You know what I mean? You know, close your Facebook account and, or your Netflix account and get along with you. All right. No. Playing around. But, but, but listen, we all resonate with those things we said, those books, those shows. We, we, we love. Why? Because of the story. 
The story is the X factor. The story is the secret sauce. The story, it's all about the story, which is why I'm super excited about how we're kicking off this brand new series as we journey together, y'all, as a church to explore the more of the greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever told. This, this is going to be a great Series, you know, this series, we're breaking it up in eight episodes. We'll be covering the meta narrative of the kingdom story, creation. We'll be talking about rebellion and things like crucifixion, resurrection, you know, and incarnation, all that, all the IONs, okay? We're going to be talking about all that, okay, and more. But today, I want to start with creation, creation. So if you're ready, look to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. And let's dig in. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here. You being here and being near, stirring up in us, through us. Or we pray, Father, that there be something palatable to take place today in such a way that we can walk away with something new. We can walk away with something from you and encounter and experience. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Yes. We're going back. So if you have your Bibles, guess where we're turning to? Genesis. There we go. Genesis. Go ahead and flip there. Click there. Beginning of the book. Genesis 1-1. Pretty easy to find. <laughs> Unless you just absolutely have no clue. <laughs> You're at the right place. <laughs> Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created. Can I just really quick say, outgate, first five words, the enemy would love to have us think or at least consider that God is not the master creator. The, the, the enemy would love to have us th- in the age of, of nominalism, in, in, in an age of moral confusion, of deconstruction, The enemy would love to have us think that God is not the creator, that we can tell God how to live our lives. No, that's not how it works. We are the created. He's the creator. He tells us what time it is. He tells us how to live this life. Let's keep it moving. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Not bad for a day's work, right? My goodness. So day one, day two, let's skim. We're going to skim. Day two, God flexes on creation skills and makes the sky. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Day three, God creates dry land and all the vegetation for the dry land. But something different happens in day three. There's something that God saw. says this in verse 12, and God saw that it was good. Someone say good. Good. So day four, God creates light that governs the day and light that governs the night, the sun, the moon, the stars. 
And it says again in verse 18, something interesting, and saw that it was the fifth day. Let's keep it moving. God creates the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky. Wow. Okay, God. It's crazy. Then all that's done. Verse 21, again, we see, and saw that it was good on the sixth day. He pulls double duty. All dry land animals he creates. He calls it good. Then he creates man. Check out what it reads. Let's camp here for a bit. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our, this is Trinity language here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity language, let us make human beings in our image and to be like us. Someone say like us. Like us. This is big, church. He creates man in his image, in the image of the Trinity. Man was originally intended to be image bearers. Man was originally intended to be image bearers and to be like God. We were created in the image of God of great worth and value. We can't skip that. We can't just turn a blind eye to that. This is important. Let me give a parenthetical example. Um, so I went to the, um, the gas station to get some change, and they all, all they had was fives, okay? And I was like, okay, my goodness. So I got a $5 bill here, okay? And you see this $5 bill, boom, there we are. All right. Who's on this $5 bill? Lincoln. Not George Washington, no. <laughs> Plain. Lincoln, yes. Abraham Lincoln. You can recognize his image and immediately say, this is Abe Lincoln. Now, we've never seen him. We never broke bread with the man. We never saw him anywhere in the flesh. But every time we see the image of this $5 bill, we notice it's Lincoln. We see that that's the image and likeness of Abraham Lincoln. To the same level that we recognize Lincoln on the $5 bill should be the same way the world recognizes God in us. The world should recognize God in us. We are image bearers. We bear the image of the creator. We are in the image and likeness of him. Let's keep it moving. One of the main reasons why we need to know that we're imagers, how we know we're imagers, it just doesn't start off by saying, hey, you know, I, I can image God, I can image God just out the gate. No, no, we have to know him first, right? We have to abide in him right? In order to image him, we have to know him. That's one of the reasons why we want to, during this series, continually 
rehearse this point that we want to be scripture-fed and spirit-led. In order to be imagers, we must know him, be scripture-fed, so that we, at the end of the day, can be spirit-led to image the glory of God and be earthly incredible, right? So that's one of the reasons why being imagers and knowing how to do imaging is important. We've got to know that we're with God, we abide with God, and in order to abide with God, we then now know how to be spirit-led by God, and we can be imagers, okay? And this also means this verse here in verse 126, how God created us in the image of God. This also means that our origin story starts with the Father. Our parents, our grandparents, our family history, the circumstances that we were born into does not and must not have the same story-shaping power as God. Our story starts with the Father. His love story must be what forms our life story. His love story must be what forms our life story. So we are made in the image of God, of great worth and value. We were created on purpose, for purpose. So let's read on about what it looks like for man's first job description. Genesis 1.28 says this, Then God blessed them, human beings, and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful by what? Abiding with God, right? That's how we're fruitful. If you've been here at this house any, any um, you know, length of time, especially over the last series, we're talking about abiding with him. And in order to be fruitful, we must abide with him. In order to image him, we must abide with him. So abiding is important. So be fruitful by abiding and then get married and have babies. You know, shoot, I'm done though. Listen, I'm pop, we're popping them out two for ones out here. You know what I mean? Two, two for ones, uh, two sets of twins, we done, you know. But if anybody wants a twin impartation, I'm, I'm, I'll give it to you. Freely I receive, freely I will give. We are a generous house out here. Okay. So, and it says here, fill the earth and govern it. Fill the earth. More babies. Govern it. Steward it. Take care of the earth. Take care of what God has given us to take care of. Take care of the environment. Take care of the economy. Take care of the earth. Do what we need to do to step into partnering with God. Right? And then it says, carries on. Reign over the fish in the sea. The birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground reign over the entire animal kingdom. Then, check it out, then God looked over all that he had made and saw that it was very good. Someone say very good. Very good. good. (laughs) Amen. Out of the mouth of babes, baby. Recall, day one, creation. Day two, creation. Day three, different. He created but it was good. Day four, he created, it was good. Five, created, good. Six, when he created animals that on dry land, it was good. 
then we, man and woman, created in the image of God, in his likeness to abide with God, to steward over all creation that God blessed us with to steward. It was after that that he saw everything and man being his most prized possession, saying it was very good. Y'all, we are imagers. We are his vice regents, and it pleases God to no end when we understand that we were created in the image of God, of great worth and value. This pleases him. We must understand the truth of what the word says about us. We must be so scripture-fed and spirit-led that we can image the Lord. We can continue to do what he set out for us to do. And we can be the hands and feet. We can be the mouthpiece of the Lord. We can, they, the world can see Jesus in us. But the enemy, he wants to continually tell a different story. The enemy wants to distort our God origin story. I remember one season, man, you know, the lie that I was talking about, about like, am I a mistake? Am I at this? Am I, am I overlooked? That was haunting me. That was coming back. And I'm, you know, feeling depressed and I'm feeling a little woozy. I'm feeling like I don't belong. I'm feeling like all these things just come hit me out of nowhere. And I'm like, God, I'm crying out in my car. I remember it was like, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was, I'm crying out in my car and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you know, I'm feeling really crazy right now. Like, what's going on? I'm feeling like I'm overlooked. I don't belong. And, he, and I felt the gentle whisper hit me. He's like, Clay, I knit you in your mother's womb. He went Psalm 139, 13 on me. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, Clay, I, I knit you in your mother's womb. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. Yes, yes. Now, you, you don't have to worry about all the things. Stop second-guessing your worth, son, and keep being you. I almost had to stop the car, y'all, because I got that. I mean, I've heard that a lot. Of, I, I get it. Th- th- those words are like, you know, words that I will, will rehearse in my mind. But for some reason, in that moment, they landed differently. I was, I was wrecked, y'all. Crying and, and snotting and ugly crying. And, ah. But, it was, but it, was, it was what I needed, y'all. Church, I need to remind myself of the truth of who God calls me to be. And the truth, the truth is that I'm not a mistake, but I'm created in the image of God of great worth and value. The truth is that I'm here on purpose and for purpose. The truth is that he has a plan for me. He has promises for me. The truth is that he set me free to be who it is God made me to be. Church, we were created in the image of God of great worth and value. We were created in the image of God on purpose. We were created in the image of God on purpose. I feel like some people need to rehearse that line over and over and over again. 
I'm sorry, church, but depression does not get to shape your story. Anxiety does not get to shape your story. Alcoholism, abuse, divorce does not get to shape your story. Jesus' love story shapes your story. I'm sorry, guys. But these things, these circumstances that we have in our lives that come out of nowhere, cancer, anger. I broke up with my girlfriend, yes, last, last week. That does not get to shape your story. Jesus' love story shapes your story. History of fatherlessness. I believe that there's some fatherlessness wounds going on right now. That does not get to shape your story. Jesus' love story shapes your story, forms your story, dictates your story. I believe that there are some family history of alcoholism and divorce and, and, and abuse and drugs. Guess what? That does not get to shape and form and dictate your story. Jesus' love story shapes your story. I can go on, y'all. You get the point. Give it to God. Give it to God. Whatever it is, Lord, I, I just give you, Lord, whatever doubt, whatever fear, Lord, whatever, whatever my last great mistake was, Lord, whatever, whatever is holding me down, Lord, I give it to you because you are my origin story. You who holds the world in your hands. You are the story. And I just get to partake. So Holy Spirit, I, I pray that we can, as we action step this thing out, I pray that we can do two things as a people, as a church, that we can step into revealing and reminding. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal and remind, reveal the lies that have been plaguing our story, haunting us, debilitating us, stymieing us into growth in the kingdom. And two, remind. Remind us who you said I am. Remind me who you created me to be. Remind me that I am created in the image of God of great worth and great value. Remind me that I am created in your image on purpose on purpose. Holy Spirit, will you reveal and will you remind? The story's not done yet, but we also know there's an enemy out there trying to harass, harangue, to derail, to distract, to distort our story. Come next week because we're going to step into episode two where we're talking about rebellion because that's what the enemy loves to do. But right now, today, I pray that we can step into a place where we are allowing Holy Spirit to refresh us, to reveal the lies and to remind us of who we are. So you do it, Lord. In Jesus' name and for your glory, amen.
Amen. Well, it's baptism weekend, y'all. These guys are lining up. They are going in. They're taking the plunge. It's about to get crunk because they're about to get dunked. <laughs> and, I, and I just want to say what they are publicly, what they're doing, the work has already been done in their hearts, but they're making a public declaration of inner transformation. They're saying that I have signed up to live for Jesus, no going back. I signed up to be united in the death like his, going in the watery grave. And I also signed up to be a part of him and be a part of that life he lives, that life he gives, the life in him. So I'm in his death and his life. And they're saying that I have, have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Jesus Christ who lives in me. That's what they're saying. And look, half of those people right there are young people, y'all. God is moving in our youth. God, get, listen, God is moving powerfully, and I don't know if you're following what's going on at the Asbury outpouring. I don't know if you're following what's going on at, at, at Lee University or Cedarville. But God is moving powerfully on Gen Z and our young people. And we say more, Lord, more. We want more. And we want them to move on every age, young and old alike, more. And it's also important to know that there's going to be some people sharing their story as well, too. So we're going to get to hear some people share their story and how Jesus has shaped their story. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my sister from a different mister. Jenny Sasson, let's go. His presence is here. Amen. Praise God. We have a few people sharing their stories, and I'm going to call them to come right here. Anthony, uh, hey, come everybody. And each one of them are going to be sharing their story with us this morning. Come on here. Share with us a little bit of your Jesus' story. Okay. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Tania. I'm 18. Um, I'm a student at UC doing pre-nursing. Um, so, I was originally a Crossroads kid. Anybody from Crossroads? Crossroads in Oakley? No. <laughs> um, so, I went to Crossroads when I was younger. Um, when I was 12, I went to Crossroads camp. They have a ministry camp for kids. We stayed overnight. We rejoiced. We shared our stories. Um, and I made the decision there to get baptized. Um, none of my family was there. They're here today. Shout out to my family. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when I went to that camp, I realized, I didn't really realize the word. I realized that, well, God was just a man that fixed problems. That's what it was to me. Um, but that's not what it is. Um, after that, from like 12 to 15, I experienced so much uh, trauma, physical abuse, mental abuse, um, sexual abuse, sexual harassment. Um, I went to college nine hours away and got sexually abused and harassed, came back alone, 
felt alone, felt crazy. Um, here you are today. Here I am today. So I was prompted to do this because I understand that God wasn't just a man. Like Clay said, we were created within him. And because of that, we have so much power that we don't even realize that we have. Um, I didn't understand that as a kid. Now that I'm grown and an adult, I understand that very much so. And I'm so ready. And I hope everybody will feel prompted to tell your story and eventually take the plunge as well. There we go. Praise God. Thank you so much. Come on here. Nay, come on, share your story with us. Um, so I actually grew up in a Southern Baptist home and I was baptized when I was 12, more so under the instructions of being an obedient child. So it wasn't necessarily for me, it was to follow rules. And I went on in life as an adult, served in ministry, taught and led for a church at a church we attended in Indy for almost nine years. Um, and then in 2018, my husband and I had experienced um, a second miscarriage in our marriage, and it kind of changed the structure of us as individuals, and eventually it led to our marriage having problems. Um, and that darkness had grew over our house for two years, and in 2021 it erupted. Um, and with that eruption, I found myself questioning who I was as a woman, a Christian, um, basically, if this was even the, the right place for me to, to be, how I was serving, if I wasn't serving enough or well, and I sunk into a private kind of quiet depression where I would put on a happy face when I left the house and cried on the way home and cried at night and on the way to work in the morning just to do everything all over again until we just up and left everything that we knew of and came here because I always found some sort of peace traveling here for work. And when I got here, I was, our pastor had gave us a church to go to. And then I looked at another one and nothing felt like it was genuine. And I don't know how I found Vineyard. I just kind of stumbled across it. And ended up watching um, Clay and Beth and decided to come in person. And when I was here, just the welcoming atmosphere and then the actual word being preached, it was similar but different from what we were used to. Um, and while being here and spending 38 weeks of being poked, prodded, and prodded by um, doctors to just make sure that we're okay, we actually delivered our son last year. Um, Praise God. And that's, that's when I started to do more research on, on my own, um, my own teachings and, and readings and digging into everything about my own first baptism, realizing my salvation is for myself, is not for someone else. And just like in Hebrews, it asks, who shall ascend upon the hills of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? Only those with clean hands and a pure heart. And that's why I want to do that for myself today. Yes. Praise God. Thank you so much. Come on, Anthony, you're next. Are you ready for this? Come on, share a little bit more about your story. Ooh, I'm never talking to the audience like this, so I'm sorry if I stutter a lot. <laughs> but 
my my name is Anthony. I am here today to talk about my rocky road of what led me here because it was a lot. You know, I used to go a lot when I was younger, but what kind of drew me away was they would just kind of, you know, they would try and scare me into doing this. You know, like like if I didn't worship Jesus, like I'm doomed. You know, like just scaring me, and I was terrified and. For a long time, I didn't go to church until last year. I went on Easter with my mom and my sister, and that day, I experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life, unlike anything I've ever felt before. I just felt this like immense amount of joy and happiness, and I couldn't explain it. I was just crying and crying. I thought I was crazy. I was like, what's going on? I can't stop. Like, what's happening? You know, like... And my mom's just like, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know? And I wanted more of that. But after that, you know, the man downstairs, he was not happy with it. And I was at my lowest point for many months. Health issues I couldn't explain, no health insurance to get looked at, you know, a crappy job I was miserable at every single day. My savings just all gone. Like all these things piled up to the point where I wanted to just give up. I wanted to stop trying. And I'm like, why am I dealing with this? Why do I have to deal with this? And instead of being angry, I decided to be brave. And I confessed. I prayed. I confessed with my, all of my heart, everything in my fiber. And after that, several weeks later, I encountered the Holy Spirit again. I went to a Maverick City concert with my sister. Um, this big Christian band. And when we went in there, I'll admit, like when I first went in, I was like down in the dumps and sad. But then once, once the concert started, just all of it gone. All of a sudden, I just feel this immense joy again. And I'm just dancing around like an idiot. Like, ah, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. But I, like, I was having fun again. I never felt this way in forever. And then they sang a song called Wait on You. And the lyrics went, he will renew your strength. So wait, I say, wait on the Lord. And I, I, that felt like personal me because I'm like, you know, like that's him telling me to wait, be patient and wait. So I prayed that every single day. I said that I'm here I am. I waited, I waited and I waited. And I, for the past month, I've experienced so many blessings. I can't even count. Like I health insurance, new job, you know, like all these things. That is good. Up. It's, it's. Is I was faithful, and now I'm I'm here today to tell you all, you know, like no matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on in your life, just know that man right there, he's waiting for you to call out to him and heal you in any way. God bless you all. God bless you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Praise God. Good Play. Job. Good Come job. on. So we're about to step into baptisms right now, but I believe that there's some people here who were impacted and touched by the stories that they heard. Yes. If that's you, and you, you are here, and you're saying, Clay, I, I've never been baptized, but I believe that I'm sensing the invitation of Jesus to step in. This is not an invitation from me. This is an invitation from him. If that is you, I want you to respond. You will come up and see Lisa up there in the front or, my, or me or even Cassie up here. I want you to talk to them about this. Or if you're saying, Clay, I don't even know if, I'm, if I know him like that. And you want to give your life. Come on up and see us. But right now, let's all stand up because we're about to celebrate. I want y'all 
when they come out of that watery grave, I want you guys to make noise that like they were born again, okay? We're celebrating today what the Lord has made and what the Lord is making new in them, all right? So let's go, y'all.
eternal stands firm from the heavens your word oh it is our song to praise you as our weapon and there is power in the name of Jesus there is power in the name 
can raise the dead again. There's so much power in the name.
team come up ministry slide come up God is on the move God is on the move in amazing extraordinary ways he's also on the move in you you all have a story We can participate in his story or we can try to make God participate in ours. I pray that we can can wake up to the realization that we are the created and he is the creator and he desires to work his story in and through us. There's a lot of stories up there on that slide. I believe God wants to break in and write a new narrative. Even if you don't see anything up there that resonates with you, just come up anyways for prayer. We'd love to bless you and pray for you. One is, I would like to stress the top emotional, spiritual salvation. I believe today is the day of salvation. And I believe that somebody's here right now who you don't know if you died tonight. I I know I'm going Romans Road on you, but you don't know if you died tonight where you'd be in eternity. And if that is you, if you are unsure of your security in perpetuity, come up and get prayer. We want you to make sure that you know him. You know him. What you got, man? Uh, hi guys. I've been a weepy basket this morning. I'm Matt, if you don't know me. And that, uh, Clay, come here. That, that, that call for a curse for more evangelism. Yeah. When I invited my friend yeah. to come join me here on staff, yeah. I believe there's an anointing of evangelism on him. But it's not just Clay. Every one of us gets to play a part. Everybody we all get to play. play. Everybody gets to and play. And I believe Holy Spirit's saying to me now, I am sending you. Yeah. Yeah. This house yes. is a house that brings our friends into relationship yes. with Jesus. Yes. If we don't go to them and share with them and love them, then who will? Come on. And it is our privilege and our call and our mandate to invite people into the story yes. of Jesus. The greatest story ever told. So if you want a greater anointing of evangelism on your life, I know it's scary. Come down and get prayer. I do. If you want a greater evangelism, anointing, I and I'm me too. And just, just come down and get prayer because we need prayer. to see the, the, the name and fame of Jesus spread throughout the land. So that's what I want to say. Yeah, I'm going to pray out. If you want that, come up. You can come up now. You don't even have to wait for an end of the prayer. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for all the wonderful things you are doing in our story. Because at the end of the day, it's about you, your story through us. We pray that you can help us to reveal 
lies and remind us of the truth of who we are and that we can lean in together as a body, as a house, to explore the more of the greater, greatest story ever told. We can explore the more of the greatest story ever told. In Jesus' name, for your sake, for your glory, amen. 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 God bless you. Come up to get prayer if you want prayer. Otherwise, look to your neighbor and say, I love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.